You know, there's so much going on in wrestling right now. It's so hard to talk about everything. And, you know, with me, I'm always that person that, that you know, tries to talk about everything and as much as I can. But, dude, what we saw tonight on Friday Night SmackDown was genuinely one of the most insane things I have seen the WWE do in a very long time. We have some official announcements for the Women's Royal Rumble match. Another WWE release that happened just uh, just yesterday, I believe. And an opponent for Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Russell Ward Podcast. Thank you all for joining me today in this very stacked edition. We're going to be talking a little bit about SmackDown. We're going to be talking a little bit about the releases going on in the WWE. We're going to be talking about some confirmations for the Royal Rumble as well. And maybe if I have a little time, I will swing over to Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill pay-per-view upcoming, I believe, should be today when you're when you're listening to this on Saturday, January 8th. We have a lot to talk about. So much to talk about, so little time. Oh my god. So, first thing I want to talk about is the the confirmations for the Women's Royal Rumble match. I am pleasantly surprised that the WWE did this. I'm not necessarily for pretty much spoiling the entire Rumble because I feel like that's what they did. They announced a lot of people for this Women's Royal Rumble match. Uh, 19 to be exact. 19 out of 30. That means there's only 11 unknown spots. And I believe those 11 spots are kind of predictable considering that a few of them, you know may be very easy to guess but I have my hopes high I have my hopes high it, it, it looks like a fantastic rumble match just by the 19 competitors already announced we have a legend not just a legend we have multiple legends that have been announced for the matchup so let's just get to the names and who is officially in the Royal Rumble first name Nikki A.S.H. Uh, Aaliyah, Natalia, Shayna Baszler, Tamina, Dana Brooke, Rhea Ripley, Naomi, Carmella, Queen Zelina, Shotzi Blackheart, and here we go. We're going to talk about some legends that have also been confirmed, starting with Kelly Kelly, Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, I believe we also have Lita, Summer Ray. haven't seen her in a very long time, Michelle McCool, and get this, the current Impact Wrestling Knockouts Champion, Mickey fucking James. When I saw Mickey James's name get called during this, I was, I was blown away at the fact that the WWE actually did this. 
I am very surprised that they announced a bunch of these legends. I don't. I, I have kind of mixed emotions on this a, a little bit, you know, because one side of me is really excited, and the other side of me is is kind of kind of upset that you know we're we're not getting to see these for the first time. You know, when the number drops, that's when your anticipation, you know, gets higher and higher and higher. Knowing that, you know, people like Lita, Kelly Kelly, Michelle McCool, Mickey James, Summer Rae, the Bella Twins, they're all in the match. It kind of lessers the excitement value for it, even though you know that it's going to be a fantastic Royal Rumble match. And we still have 11 unknown competitors. It's, it's, it's going to be fun. I mean that's really all I can say. It's gonna be very entertaining. That's 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 a hundred percent sure. I also forgot to mention one more name that is confirmed for the Royal Rumble match, and that is the SmackDown Live Women's Champion herself, Charlotte. Now the reasoning behind this, I, I don't know why she's in the Royal Rumble. Maybe the company really wants to go for this unifying all the belts thing, but. Charlotte being in the Royal Rumble kind of adds a little bit of suspense to it because, you know, why is she in there? I don't know why she's in there. Um, what does this mean if she wins? What happens with the championship? So, you know, with that aspect there, I'm not 100% sure on what the company is going to do. Maybe it was just to fill in another name because I, I do know that the women's roster is, is shrinking by the minute. Due to all the releases that have been happening over the last two years, they've lost a lot of very talented women that could have been taking these spots in the Royal Rumble match. But what we got so far, the 19 women that we got so far are, you know, good enough. Not just good enough. Some of these people are, are genuine Royal Rumble favorites. Like, I would say Shayna Baszler is kind of a favorite to win the Royal Rumble. I can see Rhea Ripley winning it if they want to, you know, actually force on Rhea Ripley to be this 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 big threat that I believe she can 100% be. Um and then you also have some underdogs in there like Dana Brooke, which obviously she's not going to win it. Uh Shotzi Blackheart, she she's a uh underdog that I think has a lot of potential. Um you know, so I mean, it's 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 not a bad group of women. Really entertaining group of women you know they can all put on a show i'm very glad to see lita mickey james michelle mccool all back in the ring uh it's kind of like the people that i sort of grew up with you know before the whole women's evolution thing happened so i am i'm very excited for the royal rumble it just keeps getting better and by just keep getting better we have a confirmed well sort of confirmed matchup not 100% but I believe that this is a confirmed match Roman Reigns defending his Universal Championship against Seth freaking Rollins tell me the Royal Rumble does not sound like one of the best pay-per-views in a couple of years dude this show is loaded, and we only have, what, three matches confirmed for it? We have Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Okay, we have the mixed tag team match with Edge, Beth Phoenix, Miz, and Maurice. 
we have all of these competitors announced for the Women's Royal Rumble match. And now, now we have Seth Rollins finally getting his Universal Championship opportunity against Roman Reigns. A match that we have been wanting for so long. And a match that we just might get. I'm excited. You should be excited. This is what wrestling is all about. Okay, this is why I watch it. This is why I'm so invested into it. Because, you know, the characters that, that these people pour, portray, you know, it, it just builds so much anticipation. So much, you know, adrenaline rush that, you know, you just can't wait until it happens. Seeing the, 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 the people in the Royal Rumble match already, um, like the women's match, it just you you kind of just sitting there hoping that the days go by faster so that you can you know get to watch this because we are on the road to wrestlemania we are officially in full swing this is quite possibly the most exciting time in wrestling every year from january to april and not just in the wwe by itself i mean i'm talking about everywhere Anywhere you watch wrestling. I mean, Wrestle Kingdom, New Japan Pro Wrestling just had Wrestle Kingdom a couple days ago. Alright, they're going crazy to, to, to start the year. Impact Wrestling, they have Carhartt to Kill Saturday night. Hard to Kill Saturday night. And then, on top of that, they also have their Rebellion pay-per-view coming up in April. Same time as WrestleMania. April. We have a loaded four months ahead of us. And I cannot wait for every single second of it. We also have a confirmed announcement for the Men's Royal Rumble as well. Johnny Knoxville is officially an entrant into the Men's Royal Rumble match. I'm excited. I don't care what you say. Johnny Knoxville was part of my childhood. I'm so excited that I get to see the guy inside of a wrestling ring. He is a crazy-ass person. Definitely one of the craziest people that I've ever seen do the most dumbest things I've, I've ever witnessed online in movies. The guy's a legend. The guy puts his body through hell for our enjoyment. Same as professional wrestlers. I wouldn't be surprised if Johnny takes a couple of bumps here and there. I'd, I wouldn't even be surprised if Omos just tosses his ass out of the ring. Just like tosses his ass. I mean, I'm talking about throwing him maybe, maybe halfway into the crowd. I mean, that that's the kind of things that I see Johnny Knoxville doing. Definitely going to get his ass beat. 100%. That's probably why he's only there, is to get his ass beat and to promote Jackass, but, you know, I'm excited. I hope you're excited. This is a really fun time of the year, just to sit back and enjoy what we have in store. Also, I want to take a second and go back to Mickey James and her confirmation for the Royal Rumble match. She is the reigning Impact knockout champion I know she might not be signed to impact okay but she's still the impact knockout champion WWE acknowledged that she is the impact knockout champion for one impact is put on their Twitter and their Instagram page that you know the that Mickey James will be at, at the Royal Rumble Scott Demore the booker and promoter of impact wrestling sent out a tweet saying that the forbidden door has officially opened that 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 wwe has entered the forbidden door 
these three things right here gets me very excited for the future. And maybe this is a one-off. It could 100% be a one-off, and I would not be mad if it was a one-off. Because this is some some big business shit here that I don't even probably understand. So, you know, whatever goes by, goes on behind the scenes, that's behind the scenes. I'm just a fan watching the product. And what I see right now is WWE and Impact Wrestling partnering up for Mickey James to come to the Royal Rumble. You never know if this can lead to anything in the future. I mean, we've all been sort of wanting Impact and WWE to sort of work together or WWE buying Impact, you know, a couple of years ago with that whole rumor. So we don't know if, if that's going to come into play. We, we don't know anything at this point. Only thing that we know is that the Impact Knockouts Champion, an, an Impact Wrestling Champion, is going to be at the Royal Rumble. As of right now, the Impact Knockouts Champion will be at the Royal Rumble. And that right there excites the hell out of me. Alright, me being a big fan of Impact Wrestling myself, it excites the hell out of me. Me being a Mickey James fan, it excites the hell out of me. I can't wait to see her in the Royal Rumble. Alright? I can't wait to see her at Hard to Kill. That that match with Deanna Perrazzo at Hard to Kill is going to, you know, blow the roof off that place, man. I'm talking about a, a Texas death match. Deanna Perrazzo, Mickey James. I can't wait. I can't wait at all, man. I'm, I'm really excited for that. But that, but that's for later. I'll talk about that later on. But right now, the Royal Rumble is looking to be a fantastic pay-per-view. Especially with the addition of Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. Wow. You know, that, that that's something I wouldn't necessarily think would happen, you know, because of the brand split. But they might be ending that brand split and we will talk about that right now I believe that the WWE is going to just end the brand split it worked for a little bit alright it worked really really well back in 2016 2017 maybe 2018 2019 2020 2021 those were some dark rough tough years when it came to the draft the booking of the shows you know it really felt like one show was truly outpowering the other and that's how it feels right now with Smackdown and Raw Raw is without a doubt the A show they have all the stars all the power pretty much anybody and everybody that you think of WWE is on Raw then you have SmackDown. It's a solid roster for what it is. They can definitely build it up to be a really good show. Guys like Cesaro, Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, Mustafa Ali. Guys like that are on the SmackDown roster. But it's not compared to the Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley's, you know, Big E's, people like that, Damian Priest's. It doesn't compare. So, my theory is we are going to get Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Is it going to be to unify titles? I don't know. We're going to have to get past the Royal Rumble first. We're going to have to see what the hell happens at the Rumble because what happens at the Rumble is going to determine the future for WrestleMania. And 
There's already reports coming out that Brock is going to be dropping the WWE title at the Royal Rumble. And looking at this as, you know, it seems like a cool idea. You know, Bobby Lashley finally getting his match with Brock Lesnar and dethroning him. Pretty much cementing him as the beast of the company moving forward. It sounds like a, a good idea, but 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 the big money match here. The money match, the match that I believe a lot of people want to see. And the match that I think will happen sooner or later. Is Brock versus Roman for the WWE and the Universal Championship. Some people might not like the idea of it. I know I was kind of iffy with it at first. But with Charlotte now in the Royal Rumble, if she wins it, she can go ahead and challenge Becky Lynch. We can have a we can have an, a whole unifying the title belts at WrestleMania, world titles, women's titles. I don't know about the tag titles yet. That can very, very likely happen. Am I for it? I'm all for it. I want the roster to be one big roster. I think that's how the company sort of works good. Because I, I remember back in, you know, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, they were very entertaining with just one big roster. Yeah, sure, there were some guys exclusive to SmackDown, some guys exclusive to Raw, but overall, you had a... The best of the best is what I'm trying to say. The best guys, the best women, just sort of making both shows feel like you kind of got to watch them. I know later SmackDowns and stuff back in like 2015, they felt like Raw recaps. That's what I don't want the future to be like. Uh, but talking about 20, 2012, 2013, 2014, those were when you know both shows were really shining without you know a solidified roster just just being that that unified roster just just the WWE roster not the raw roster the smackdown roster it was just the WWE roster maybe the titles maybe like the intercontinental title was kind of exclusive to smackdown at one point and the in the US title was kind of exclusive to raw at one point if that happens i won't be mad at it because it's kind of how it always kind of been but other than that, man, I'm I'm really anticipating the future of what the company does. Really anticipating it. Next up, though, we, we do got to, you know, sort of calm ourselves down and, and talk about a recent WWE release. And, and I know it bums out a lot of people, including myself. Samoa Joe has been released from his WWE contract. I believe this is the second time in nine months. Now, it really sucks that the company never capitalized on Samoa Joe's potential. I know there are going to be people out there that, that blame you know, his injuries and him not being a reliable worker, stuff like that, which I 100% disagree with. I will tell you right to your face that you're wrong if you blame an injury on some guy, you know, not getting the big break that he wanted. Obviously, it might have a little bit to do with, but with Samoa Joe, he's a veteran. He's a world-class athlete, one of the best talkers on the mic, probably. Here's a hot take of all time. Um, 
one of the biggest, the one of the best big men in the business today, absolute unit, can can make you believe a story, can get you invested in anything that he does. It 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 really really sucks that he never held the WWE championship. You know, I believe there was two, maybe three occasions where he could have actually won it. One being against Brock Lesnar at the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view. I believe that he really could have beat Brock Lesnar there and became the Universal Champion. I believe that was the right decision for him to become the Universal Champion. But apparently the company had other plans. A rivalry by itself is a great build-up. Great promos back and forth. I'll always go back and, you know, rewatch that promo on Monday Night Raw. But it was Samoa Joe's time. He just didn't get it, and it really sucks. Fast forward, 2018. The match with AJ Styles, the feud with AJ Styles, leading up to SummerSlam, the whole Wendy's storyline, really entertaining stuff. He was the guy, I believe, to take the title off of AJ Styles at SummerSlam. Did it happen? It did not happen. And it sucks. Because he, you had multiple occasions where you could have pulled the trigger and you didn't pull the trigger and it sucks that you didn't pull the trigger because Samoa Joe is a guy that can do anything whatever position you put him in he's going to excel at it look at him in, look look at him in NXT he was somewhat of an authority figure down there a three-time yeah three-time NXT champion I just, I don't know what went, what, I don't know what, what went wrong, is what I'm trying to say. I don't understand. I don't think we'll ever get a clear reasoning as to why Samoa Joe was never put on a high mantle in the company. I hope one day we do because, you know, two releases in nine months, man. It's, it's, it's kind of pathetic. You know, you, you fire him and then Triple H gets him back into the company sets him in NXT he wins the NXT title gets injured again you know and then he's just gone these releases really suck man and it feels like and I also heard the news that it is a direct hit towards Triple H and you know he built up NXT to be what he envisioned the future of the company being. We're talking about Triple H right now. Uh, tr Triple H, you know, he envisioned NXT to be what the future of the WWE could be like. And the black and gold brand was the superior brand for a good three, three and a half years some of the best wrestling in the world you know the the the, the best storylines the best talent the best fans you know it was really a time to be alive truly it was and i'm very glad to have experienced that era of nxt and i know you know vince has a completely different vision you know for the future of the company than than triple h and we don't know where this is going to go you know leading into once Vince McMahon steps down, but 
right now it's not looking pretty for pretty for uh, for for Triple H and you know it, it really it really bums a lot of people out you know because these releases guys like you know head creatives you know down in NXT you know on screen authority figures guys like William Regal and Road Dog you know just just being cut guys like Scotty Tuhati asking for his release down at the performance center it's it's really it sucks i mean there's no other way to say it because it's hard to see somebody lose their job especially you know when they're doing a great job at it look at road dog for example the guy was head of creative for smackdown back in like 2017 2018 he did a pretty damn good job back in 2016 he was working on SmackDown. SmackDown Live 2016, what you were seeing, Road Dog was pretty much producing that. Come back down to NXT, he's in, he's in NXT about 2019, 2020. What you saw right there, he produced that. Him and Triple H produced that. These creative minds that they're letting go of, it it's... I just don't get it. I really don't get it. And now, you know, you know, you have NXT 2.0, which I think is a great show. I think they're doing a great job building up new talent. And I did get some word from a friend uh, earlier, I believe yesterday or, or, yeah, it was yesterday. He told me yesterday that, you know, my, my saying about Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard running NXT is false. And that Shawn Michaels is actually the guy that's, that's in full creative. Which, it kind of makes sense. kind of does make sense. Since, you know, NXT 2.0, in my opinion, is still probably one of the best shows that WWE is producing. SmackDown kind of being at the bottom of that, but that's just, you know, the roster's so, you know, weak to the point to where the shows are just not that good. I believe that Shawn Michaels is doing a fantastic job down in NXT 2.0. It may not be the black and gold brand that everybody loves, but it's what the future of the WWE is going to look like. And, you know, if you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. Go watch AEW or something, man. Because, you know, this, is, this isn't this is for everybody. I know it's not for everybody. I know people are going to complain about it. I know people are going to, you know, get mad at it and say, you know, change d- doesn't always need to happen and... I 100% agree with you. I don't I don't necessarily think that the black and gold brand needed to go away. But you know, it did need a little a little fixing up a little bit. Did I think a whole rebrand was necessary? Nah, not really. I I did not think a whole rebrand of the show was necessary, but what we got is what we got. Can't really complain about it, can we? Unless, you know, we just don't watch it. But for me, I'm, I'm going to try and catch it, you know, as much as I can. Um, but other than that, man, it is what it is. Wrestling's wrestling. You know, I feel like there's, there's something out there for everybody. Something's always out there for everybody. Let's talk about SmackDown for a little bit. Uh, really cool main event. Really, really good main event matchup between the uh, New Day and the Usos. Really thought that that match, you know, these guys never disappoint. I know people get tired of, you know, oh, it's another New Day versus the Usos match. We've seen this for, like, so many times over the last four years. I get it. I completely understand that, you know, it kind of gets repetitive. But these are 
four of the most athletic guys on the entire roster. These these are four of the guys who have the best chemistry in that locker room and can go out there on any day and put on a match of the night or a match of the year type of, you know, candidate. And that's what they're doing, you know, to the fullest of their ability. What's next for the Usos? I don't know what's next for the New Day. I can't tell you because, you know, right now they're kind of in a situation where okay, the new the the Usos beat the New Day two times in a row for the titles. Is it kind of a, you know, time to take a step back, bring up somebody else? Something like that. Um yeah, man. Other than that, SmackDown was was very very m- not good. I would say the show was not good at all. You had Rick Boogs defeating Sami Zayn in like three minutes, which, yeah, that's that's just not good at all, man. Not good at all. Don't ever do that to Sami Zayn. Why are you doing this to Sami Zayn? Where the hell is the Intercontinental Championship being defended at? We have not seen the Intercontinental Championship be defended on a pay-per-view since WrestleMania. Dude, let's let's count the months. Okay, so you got May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. We're in January right now. That's nine months. The Intercontinental title has not been defended on a pay-per-view in nine months. In 2021, the title probably was defended like five, six times on a SmackDown. This This is really just unacceptable. Just absolutely unacceptable on WWE's side. You have very and you have gifted wrestlers. You have Shinsuke Nakamura, a living legend, Japanese legend, as your Intercontinental Champion. Book the fucking guy. Book the fucking guy. I don't. I don't understand what you're doing with him. He's on limited time right now. I mean, he's probably dwindling down to maybe the last couple of years of his career. And you're giving him titles, I understand. He might have a successful year on paper or a successful career on paper within the company. But you guys are doing absolutely nothing to capitalize on these championship victories. He defeated Apollo Crews for the title on a SmackDown. What the hell has he done after that? I don't know. A couple of tag matches here and there. A rivalry with Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza that went literally nowhere. At this point, I don't know what to tell you, but book your fucking champions. That's all I can tell you right now is just book them. Because SmackDown has done a horrible job booking the mid-card. If we do not see Shinsuke versus Sami Zayn at the Royal Rumble, I might lose it. I might, I genuinely might lose it. Put the title on Sami Zayn. Have a challenger like Cesaro step up. Book that. Give us a ladder match at WrestleMania for for the Intercontinental title. Alright, I believe that's the best case scenario you can do. Put the title on Sami Zayn. Have a rivalry, you know, at Elimination Chamber in Fastlane against Cesaro maybe. Move over to WrestleMania, get these guys, get in, get get some other guys in contention. Have like a six-man ladder match. It'd be like Sami Zayn, Cesaro, Shinsuke Nakamura. Maybe throw in a guy like Mustafa Ali. Have Ricochet in there for some spots. You know, just do something with the title. Because you got some really talented wrestlers on that roster. 
that can 100% tear the damn house down. You can just tear the. I mean, it's Monday Night Raw is doing a really good job at building up the United States Championship. Damian Priest has been one of the best United States champions in a very long time. I would say since John Cena held the title. Is that a hot take? I don't know if it's a hot take. But I'm just saying he's probably the best United States champion we had in about five years. And, you know, building him up to be a top guy, which that mid-card title should be, you know, elevating talent to be the top guy, it hasn't done anything like that on SmackDown. But I believe you put the title on Sami Zayn, actually give him a lengthy reign, and a reign that is that has title defenses, a reign that has storylines, a reign that isn't forgettable. Because you look at the past Intercontinental Champions, and you have guys like uh, Sami Zayn, Apollo Crews, Big E, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy. I believe those are like the last six, five champions. And nothing memorable within those times have really happened. Being completely honest with you, it really hasn't happened. But um, I'm I'm optimistic about everything. I think that you know people we have a, a, a chance to to change, <laughs> a chance to do different. But knowing WWE might not get that. Final thing. I want to talk about here on the podcast today is Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill pay-per-view and what a show this is going to be. I'm going to be reviewing it uh, for you guys after it airs and I am incredibly excited for it. It looks like a fantastic show. Uh, I'm just going to run down the match card for you guys. So we have the kickoff show, the countdown to Hard to Kill. It's going to be Chris Bay versus Ace Austin versus Jake something versus Laredo Kid. It's a fatal four-way match. It's going to be on the kickoff show live on YouTube. It's going to be a fun match. The X Division is always something that I look forward to in Impact Wrestling just simply because of the talent that they have there. And, you know, guys like Chris Bay and Ace Austin, I believe that these are, you know, future potential candidates to, to challenge for the X Division title within the next coming months. Uh, some somebody like Jake something has been really impressive lately, you know, as a standout athlete in the X Division. Somebody that's not necessarily the X Division size, but somebody that can definitely tear the shit to pieces. Laredo Kid, one of the best international wrestlers in the world. Uh, at this point, I would say one of one of Mexico's greatest uh, wrestlers right now, probably the last decade. So you know, seeing him on a card is always a great thing to see. Uh, my prediction. For this matchup is going to be either Chris Bay or Ace Austin. Uh, most leaning to Ace Austin, but I can also see Jake something getting the victories, considering how much they've been pushing him. Um, you know, to be this this next top star. So you know, as of right now, I'm going to go Ace Austin, but I can also see Jake something take the victory. Maybe Chris Bay. Next up, we have the first ever. Knockouts Ultimate X match. Tasha Steeles, Lady Frost, Alicia, Jordan Grace, Rosemary, and Chelsea Green all facing off in the first ever. This, this is historic, guys. 
the first ever Women's Ultimate X. The winner, they get a future title shot for the Knockouts Championship. My pick, it has to be Rosemary. I believe if you're going to do an Ultimate X, give it to Rosemary because not just for the fact that she's you know, been with the company for so long, but she is genuinely still one of the best workers in the X Division. Not the X Division. In the Knockouts Division. You know, I think that she can have a fantastic rivalry with, you know, Mickey James or Deanna Peraza, whoever walks out the champion at Hard to Kill. I believe that they can, they, they can you know, set a rivalry that is really story based you know considering how rosemary really her her feuds are really cinematic and i don't think we really seen rosemary at the tip top of the knockouts division in, in quite a while I, I know we had you know rosemary and sue young there for a little bit but other than that you know i haven't seen much of rosemary within like the 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 top top title um Another person that I can possibly see when the when the matchup is Jordan Grace. I think Jordan Grace she has a uh, one of the bigger odds to winning, you know, uh, opposed to somebody like Stop, like Tasha Steeles or Alicia Edwards. Um, so, you know, her being the digital media champion, though, I don't know if they want to you know keep that as you know Jordan's whole shtick of being digital media champion. I don't even know the point of the digital media title. Being completely honest with you, I think it's a waste of time. I don't understand the concept of it, you know, other than a couple title defenses on YouTube. Other than that, the title is pretty pointless. Chelsea Green also. Maybe. Just just maybe. You know, I don't I don't choose Chelsea because she's working in so many companies right now. Talking about GCW, uh, the NWA ring of honor when they were operating you know i just don't think that she's reliable enough to be put in that position of you know main event status uh until she really structures a contract that is more exclusive to impact i don't think we're gonna see that anytime soon next up the x division championship trey miguel steve maxlin this this is a matchup that i am very excited for because the entire rivalry leading up to this matchup has been really hard hitting and you know it, it makes Trey Miguel look like this this very big baby face I just has to overcome the odds and I I love it and I love the way that they're you know pushing Trey Miguel to become one of Impact's top stars S Steve Macklin he is one of Impact's biggest heels I would say that without a doubt He's just a badass who wants to kick somebody's ass, win championships, and he'll beat you down no matter who you are. If you get in his way, he's going to take you out. And that's the kind of shit I like from, uh, for, from a wrestler, especially with, with someone like the physique of uh, Steve Macklin. I think that these two styles, because they're two completely different styles, they'll clash really well for the title matchup, and I am, I'm very excited for it. My prediction, though, is going to be Trey Miguel. I love Steve Macklin. But Trey Miguel, I don't see him losing the title for another couple of months. I believe he's walking out as the winner. Here's another one. Here's, here's a really, really good one. Jonathan Gresham. 
the Ring of Honor World Champion versus Chris Sabin in a Ring of Honor World Championship match. You heard that Ring of Honor World Championship match on an Impact Wrestling pay-per-view. This has potential to be a match of the year candidate. I'm going to say that right now. Jonathan Gresham, one of the best, not one of, the best. He is just the best. Straight up, the best technical wrestlers in the world today. Top one. If you want to go with just, just complete wrestlers, I'll say he's top five. Maybe even push him up there to top three right now. Absolutely phenomenal wrestler. One of the best pure wrestlers. One of the best technical wrestlers. And then you have Chris Saban, one of the best high flyers. One of the, you know, veterans of Impact Wrestling. A guy that's been pretty much everywhere and anywhere. Has strong roots within Ring of Honor. Chris Saban, you know, the Motor City Machine Guns having their run down there in, uh, in Ring of Honor. Legend in Impact Wrestling. Seeing Jonathan Gresham in an Impact Wrestling ring is going to be very exciting. Because, you know, just it, it's Jonathan Gresham. Anybody who has Jonathan Gresham on their show, on a card, for them, they're just lucky. He's just one of those wrestlers that, if you have him, you were just in set for a phenomenal match. <coughs> My pick for this match, I don't see Jonathan Gresham losing the title at all until at least Ring of Honor returns back to, you know, normal operations or until, you know, we see the unification title match between Gresham and Bandito. I don't, I don't see Gresham losing the title, so Gresham is my pick for this. Next up, we have a 10-man Hardcore War. <coughs> hardcore War. It is the Impact, not, not the, okay. The Impact Tag Team Champions, the Good Brothers, and Violent by Design, versus Heath and Rhino, Eddie Edwards, Willie Mack, and Rich Swan. This is a 10-man tag team match. It has potential to be an absolute clusterfuck. But the amount of talent that is in this match, I think that we can put on a half-decent fight. Obviously, it's not going to be something that, you know, goes five-star classic, 30-minute match. I, I just think it's there. Put on about a 10-15 minute war. Guys bleeding, guys getting their ass kicked, you know, table spots, uh, chair shots. You know, I believe that's what this match is there for. Uh, it, it could possibly lead into the Good Brothers' next challenges for the title, in which I, I think should be Heath and Rhino. Um, maybe possibly uh, we see these guys in a matchup, probably like a, like a fatal four-way title match at Rebellion. I don't know where Impact's going to go with the tag team division, simply for the fact that it hasn't really been booked to the point to where people can genuinely challenge for the titles. I think that what Impact should be doing right now is building up the next challengers for the tag titles because the Good Brothers have really nobody who has truly stepped up to the table and said, you know, we're going to get these titles off of you. It feels like all these teams that are in this matchup right now, yeah, sure, they might want the titles, but nobody's really went out there and said, we want a shot for those. My prediction for this match, though, it's really hard for me to decide because on one side you have the tag team champions, but then on the other side you do have these 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 baby faces that are just really hard to root against. 
But realistically, I'm going to go ahead and say the Good Brothers and Violent by Design win it. But my heart is telling me Heath, Rhino, Edwards, Max Swan, I want y'all to pull out the victory. Please, please win for me. Next up, my second most anticipated matchup on this card. Mickey James versus Deanna Perrazzo, Texas Deathmatch for the Impact Knockouts Championship. As you guys heard earlier in the podcast, Mickey James is officially confirmed for the Royal Rumble match back in WWE. She is the current Impact Knockouts Champion. She has a match against Deanna Perrazzo this Saturday. It's going to be a fantastic match. Texas Deathmatch, I, I have no idea what's in store. Last time that Impact put on a, deck, a Texas Deathmatch that I saw was uh, James Storm and Chris Harris. So they have some sort of ties within those. And, and I know that Impact, they, they have done some really hardcore, you know, bloody, gruesome matches. But these, these women can, can definitely, you know, just go all out crazy with this. If they want this to be the big feud ender of this, you know, supposed blood feud between these two... A Texas death match is the right decision, the right call, I think is, you know, the right decision, who, who I think is going to win it. I believe that we are going to be seeing a brand new Impact Knockouts champion, and her name is Deanna Perrazzo. This is the Virtuosa's world. We're only living in it. It's time for the Virtuosa to reign again, and I will always... Always, always, always root for Deanna Perrazzo. Absolutely the best wrestler in the world today. Coming up next, this one. This one is my most anticipated match of the brand new year throughout any company. Josh Alexander versus Jonah. It is going to be a war, it is going to be a battle. It is going to be two guys just going at it, beating the shit out of each other. They're going to war. I'm absolutely loving the feud they're having on Impact Wrestling. I love Josh Alexander's story arc and his redemption to get back to the World Championship. I love the way that they're building Jonah up to be this massive heel that you know can really just destroy anybody on the roster at any day, any second, any time. This match is going to be a hell of a match. I think it's going to be match of the night. Josh Alexander, I'm rooting for Josh Alexander on this one, but I would not be surprised if Jonah comes out with the victory. I believe that Josh Alexander needs this win, but you can also have an argument that Jonah as well should get this win. Simply for the fact that Jonah came in, I don't, I don't see Jonah losing his first big pay-per-view match and impact wrestling he's too big of a star he's definitely on a rampage right now absolutely tearing everybody apart on the impact roster has done a lot of damage to Josh Alexander throughout this entire feud from back in November this has been building up to be a, a really big match that can go genuinely either way but for me I think Josh Alexander needs to pick up this victory because, you know, he's he's trying to get his way back into the world championship contention. 
trying to get back into that picture. Impact spent an entire year building him up to be their next top guy, to be their next face of the company. He got that opportunity. He faced Christian at Bound for Glory. You know, he placed option C, relinquished the X Division title, got the world title shot, defeated Christian at Bound for Glory, won the title, and right there, everything got taken from him. Moose did the ultimate heel move, destroyed everybody's hope of Josh Alexander being the next star of Impact Wrestling, cashed in the gauntlet trophy, and beat Josh Alexander for the world championship to end Bound for Glory. What a moment that was, right? A couple of months later, we are in a position where Josh Alexander hasn't really been near the world championship in a couple of months. I believe he's on a redemption path, and if he wants to get back into into title contention, defeating Jonah would be the easiest route to go. You know, this is sort of like his arc of where he needs to get his revenge on Moose for pretty much costing so much of his life. You know, he, he worked his way up here. You know, he did everything that he could to to be the top guy, to be the guy holding the big championship around his waist. Moose taking that all away really made Moose the premier heel in the company. Not like he already wasn't or, or anything, but... You know, that really solidified Moose as the guy. And Josh Alexander, Impact has been building him up for, for so long to the points where I just think he has to win this match and go on to Rebellion to, to, to challenge Moose for the World Championship. So my pick, it's Josh Alexander. But I would not be mad if Jonah won at all. Maybe we can get a rematch somewhere down the line. Maybe put in Lethal Lockdown for these two. I would be 100% down for that to happen. But, you know, either way, still going to be a phenomenal match. Wouldn't be mad at either winner. And finally, the main event, or at least I hope the main event of the night, Moose defending the Impact World Championship against W. Morrissey and Matt Cardona. You might be wondering, how the hell do we get to, you know, Josh Alexander and Moose to, to, to Matt Cardona and W. Morrissey? To be completely honest with you, dude, I have no idea. But the match itself, it's going to be a really good match. He's got all three of these guys are great workers. No matter how you look at them, they're all great wrestlers. They're all guys that can put on a good showing whenever they have to. I have no doubt in my mind that this is going to be a very good match. Do I think it's the right match for Hard to Kill? Probably not. Maybe I would have liked it to be a one-on-one -on -one match between Moose and W. Morrissey. I feel like that's the more realistic option. But of course you have to have a babyface in there. And Matt Cardona and Impact Wrestling is a babyface but outside of Impact Wrestling he's like the biggest heel on the planet. Inside Impact Wrestling, though, he's a babyface, one of the biggest babyfaces in the company right now. He gets that world, that, 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 that world title opportunity. Moose, the champion, dominant champion, probably one of the best champions in, in wrestling right now. And then W. Morrissey, sort of a rivalry, sort of a, 
sort of a rivalry alliance that's been happening with Moose and W. Morrissey for, you know, ongoing about six months now. You know, the, the storyline that they've been building for W. Morrissey and Moose has been going on for so long to the point to where maybe, you know, that, that should have been the matchup for Hard to Kill. My initial reaction to the matchup is, okay, so this is the matchup that we're getting. What, what's the rest of the card going to look like? The rest of the card is definitely up to expectations. I believe that this might be one of the weakest on the card, even though it is a world championship match. Just by pure looking at it and the build-up to the match, it's not the best. It's not, it's not the greatest. But like I said, the wrestling itself is going to be phenomenal. Who do I see walking out as the winner of this match? Obviously, I see Moose retaining his championship, going on to Rebellion, facing Josh Alexander for the title, where Josh Alexander will then defeat Moose, become the Impact World Champion, everything will pay off, hopefully for once, and we get brand new World Champion. But on Saturday, at Hard to Kill, my money is all on moose and with that being said that is the hard to kill uh card that's that's all, that's all the people that i think will be taking the victory there was also one more match that was supposed to happen on the show unfortunately it got canceled uh due to the inspiration cassie lee jessica mckay getting in contact with covid19 we're not going to be gay. We're not going to be able to get the influence versus the inspiration for the knockouts tag team titles. Unfortunately, maybe Impact will do something and add a last minute replacement to the to, to the show. As of right now, they have not done that. Uh, but if they do, I'll obviously implicate that into my hard to kill review coming out most likely Sunday morning. But ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado. That has been your Wrestle Warp podcast. I thank you all for listening. Hope you guys had a good time. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to share the podcast to all your friends, your family. Make sure to give it a like. Rate it five stars if you'd like to on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And I will see you guys next time. Take it easy, everybody.